Hello and welcome to the latest episode in our Talking Sustainability podcast series. I'm Kulsum Hardy, a Knowledge Council in the Incentives and Remuneration team at Trevor Smith. There's been a considerable amount of discussion over connecting ESG targets to employee incentives, but is this just a passing fad or something more durable? Most people are familiar with the acronym ESG. It's something that pops up in the media regularly these days, although it's been around for the last 20 years or so. It's part of the growing expectation in society that business has a part to play in managing environmental, social and governance issues and should be measured by how they look after the planet, people and the way their business is governed rather than just financial success. There are two issues here. The first is whether businesses need to show that they take ESG issues seriously by including ESG factors in their company strategy. And the second is whether they need to link meeting the targets in the strategy to executive pay. There's differing views on this. Some might say that running a company in a sustainable way should be part and parcel of an executive's day job, and they shouldn't be distracted by specific targets linked to their pay. Others would argue that making their pay conditional on meeting ESG targets not only focuses the minds of executives, but also sends a message to other members of the workforce, investors, and the general public that the company considers these issues important. The difficulty with ESG performance conditions is that Although they sound straightforward enough, in practice, making sure they are clear, measurable and achieve the end goal is not always so easy. Having said that, there's been a notable shift towards linking variable pay, i.e. bonuses and long-term incentives, to meeting ESG-based performance criteria, at least in part. This year's annual reports, for example, showed that while financial performance targets continue to be the most prevalent, 80 to 90% of FTSE 100 companies have ESG measures in their executive remuneration. Two years ago, the percentage was about half of this. Only recently, Tesco, and this was said to be a first for a major retailer, was reported as making 25% of his executive's performance share plan awards dependent on meeting a number of sustainability measures, including halving the food waste in its operations by 2025. So why might a business feel the need to link ESG factors to their executive incentive arrangements? One reason is pressure from existing and potential investors. It seems that for a growing number of investors, merely paying lip service to ESG matters isn't enough, and companies have to show that they take ESG matters seriously to attract or keep them. Shareholders guided by the recommendations issued by proxy agencies and institutional investor representative bodies are likely to require a link between ESG and executive pay. For example, the Investment Association, whose members comprise investment managers ranging from small firms to large multinationals, states in its principle of remuneration that if a company has ESG as part of its strategy, the executive remuneration metrics should either reflect this or the company should explain why they don't. US proxy voting services, ISS and Glass-Lewis, whose views are often important to US investors and UK companies, also strongly recommend that ESG metrics are included in executive remuneration. For a shareholder, aside from any view that investing in sustainable companies is the right thing to do, having regard to matters such as the company's exposure to environmental issues demonstrates good risk management. But it isn't just shareholders that might put pressure on a company to link ESG factors with executive pay. The choices of customers and clients may well be influenced by a company's approach to ESG. Headlines such as the Tesco PSP story I mentioned earlier certainly don't do any harm to a company's reputation. Businesses may feel the need to show that they are serious about ESG factors in response to expectations from their own workforce, existing and future. 
Anecdotally, younger employees in particular want to see the company they work for have good ESG credentials. A clear link between the pay of those that lead the company and ESG is a good way of demonstrating this. So which parts of executive remuneration are being linked to ESG targets? Usually it's the annual bonus and or the long-term incentive awards measured over at least three years. Annual bonus figures from this year's AGM season indicate that ESG targets are more common in the annual bonus than the LTIP. Different measures will be suited to different timescales. Whereas the targets of establishing a diversity and inclusion committee will be appropriate to the annual bonus, achieving a longer term goal such as a net zero target might be better linked to an LTIP award where performance is measured over a longer period. For long-term incentive plans, financial measures continue to be the most prevalent, total shareholder return or TSR, followed by earnings per share or EPS. But non-financial conditions are starting to appear. I've seen figures indicating that up to 20% of an LTIP award can be dependent on meeting ESG-related conditions. Rather than having a single target, it appears that companies are using several ESG goals as part of a scorecard. Four or more are apparently not uncommon. The key to any non-financial target is that it fits with the company's strategy, is capable of measurement, is clear, enforceable and capable of communication, and is flexible to be modified if necessary. For example, to deal with the way in which emissions are measured. Shareholders can be wary of ESG targets that are considered soft, whereas a target that has become unachievable loses its incentive value. Consideration also needs to be given to how a target works. Is it a stretch target that will increase the level of payout received, or is it an underpin, i.e. the award that would otherwise be paid out is reduced if the target isn't met? Some targets are standalone and objective, but others might be more subjective and dependent on the remuneration committee exercising its discretion, weighing up several different factors. So what sorts of targets are being used? Not surprisingly, indications are that those relating to climate change and environmental issues are the most common. There are globally recognised standards for measuring emissions and carbon footprints, and some companies may already be reporting this kind of information in their annual reports. Performance conditions relating to social issues can take a number of forms. Some of these, such as health and safety records, have been around for a while. Factors such as diversity and inclusion, attitude to staff training, employee engagement, community investment and fair pay throughout the value chain are other examples. The importance of good corporate governance, the G in ESG, has also been a feature of UK corporate culture for some time. Good risk management has been a key requirement, especially for those running businesses in the financial services industry. Each company will need to tailor its ESG scorecard to its own strategy, and think about the kind of behaviours it is likely to encourage. It's also important to think about the impact that achieving a single target could have. For example, is it appropriate to have a recycling target, which can only be met if the company has to transport some of its waste long distances by road to recycling part? Although ESG targets are often associated with the pay of executives in listed companies, they can also be appropriate for private companies, especially since their ESG credentials might determine which investors the company can attract. This is certainly an interesting and developing area, and rather than being a short-term fad, it seems that ESG targets and employee incentive arrangements are very much here to stay. If you're thinking of introducing ESG targets in your incentive plans and need some ideas, you might like to consider the model conditions published by the Chancery Lane Project, Scarlet's Performance Conditions, which Travis Smith helped to draft. Thank you for listening, and do get in touch if you have any questions about ESG and performance conditions.